Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Jeremy Marcotte. We recorded this at the flat he shares with his partner Sam in Melbourne. Thanks again, Sam and Jeremy, for hosting me for a couple nights and taking me around town. This episode is sponsored by Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan, my go-to for traditional instruments and accessories. Next time you want to upgrade your instrument or you run out of strings or lose your favorite pick or your tuner bricks, go stock up at elderly.com. Now, while this show does have sponsors, it's mainly funded by its listeners. So, if you want to keep Get Up in the Cool going every week and get rewarded with exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for the outro and I'll tell you how you can chip in. Also, I'll let you know how to stay up to date with Jeremy's music. But first, here's my interview and jam with Jeremy Marcotte. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Jeremy Marcotte, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks, Cameron. It's nice to be here. Yeah. In Good my, flat. In my house. <laughs> Good flat. <laughs> <laughs> it is always a treat to play with someone who learned how to play in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I can always tell. <laughs> like, always. Like, I love playing with people who, you know, all sorts of players, but it's just always different. <laughs> a, bit, a bit more slidey and... Yeah, man. Scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you grow up in North, North Carolina? North Carolina, yeah. yeah. Since day one. Since day well, one. Well, before day one. Yeah. Where Where in? In, in Raleigh. So in Raleigh, yeah. Raleigh and then past three years in Chatham County outside of Raleigh. Were you near, around? Near Pittsburgh. Were you around this kind of uh, this kind of music growing up? Well, not not a whole lot, really. Not in the house? Or? Not, not in the house. Yeah. Um, we went to see Doc Watson play a few handful of times, which is was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> very significant. When? How old were you when you first saw Doc Watson? Probably single. Sometime in the single digits. Yeah. What was your impression? Potentially ten. Were you like, into it at the time? Man, I, I honestly don't remember <laughs> being into it or not into it or any anything. I, I I do remember seeing him later in my teens. And being more interested in the music, more interested in um, the stories and everything. Yeah. Did your parents introduce you to traditional music at all? Not at all. What did they? Did they play music in the house, or bit, did they yeah. play recordings, or did no, they actually play instruments? They played. They played instruments. What did they? Play? My my dad played drums when okay. I was growing up. He was a rock and roll drummer. Okay. And he's he stopped that pretty early on. He actually sold his drums. To get a screened-in porch on the family house. Was that, f for him, was that like a, I'm a dad now. <laughs> I'm it getting must, a, yeah. <laughs> I it must, yeah. I'm putting my rock and roll lifestyle behind me. So, yeah, yeah he, put, he put the drums down, got a porch, which we, we used very much all the time. Yeah. And, uh, my mom played a bit of piano, like she played piano and sang and did theater, so there okay. was always a lot of performing around the house. Yeah. Um, but not not this kind of stuff. Not this kind of stuff at all. No. Yeah. Did you first? What was, you're a piano player? Is mm -hmm. that your first instrument? Piano is my first instrument. Yeah. And your and then still drums. current instrument. Current yet. And rock and rock and roll drums like that. Rock and roll and ja jazz music and jazz. as well. Yeah. Um, and th yeah, so I played piano and drums, growing up, and until now. Yeah. So where where along the line did um, you start to get? Um, and when were you introduced to traditional music? So Doc Watson was that the first? That was the first. Uh, I, I, that would have been the first time I heard it live, and probably took in a bit of bluegrass, not really even knowing what it was early on. But I reckon Doc Watson was the first, my first introduction to traditional music, and and just in very limited capacity, just. At, at a few shows with years separating them. Yeah. So, and then, but when I got into playing old time banjo first, was when I was in university in Greensboro, the University of North Carolina Greensboro, and I was studying jazz drum set there, but they had an old time ensemble. Oh, good. Yeah. Like a class where you could go play with people and cool. have instruction or something on how to do that. Yeah. I'd fr I always had friends who were in it, so I'd go see them play, and they're all up there, and everyone was smiling, and 
um, having a good time and lots of foot stomping. Everyone in the audience was happy and it was ex exciting. And I, you know, I'd go camping. One of my buddies, Chris Griffin, he, I'd go camping with Chris and and Jason and Brooke, Jason's partner, and a few few friends and just go out in the woods and I, and this was before I played so I'd go out there and I would just be sitting while they played music and I'd feel a bit kind of a little left out <laughs> le yeah left out but also I think at that point I was more just in awe of people like taking instruments out and playing outside, outside of school outside of school <laughs> and just in a random kind of setting yeah. like at a not campsite rehearsing for not anything. rehearsing yeah. just like yeah. playing and I thought it was great um <laughs> So I, you know, I just, I would hang out with them often and didn't play at all. And then dropped out of uni. Had enough of jazz drums yeah. at that, at that moment <laughs> in time. Why? Um, I think I wasn't, I wasn't really enjoying the pressure environment of university, kind of the pressure, there was a lot of pressure Is on that just practice and general university pressure or did they have a specifically like robust, like jazz program? Pretty, yeah, very like, robust. Yeah and very rigorous and very um excellent like wonderful teachers yeah. wonderful players in the program but just di it didn't quite align with how i was feeling at the time and yeah. and i just left and went moved back home to raleigh and started working at a, in the service industry a couple of restaurant jobs and I, yeah I was, so i was working at one restaurant in particular when a very significant thing happened where I was, I was on a shift one night, and there was a couple in there, and they were playing this music. They were playing this music that I heard in Greensboro that yeah. Chris and Jason, all my buddies, were playing. I was like, oh, that, there it is again. Yeah. And I was separated from that university environment, so I was kind of feeling pretty open to fi figuring out what it was and kind of like chatting to them. I was like, yeah, hey, what is this music? You know, this, this old time stuff. And I mentioned a few people's names that I knew who played it. And like, oh, I know Josh. He's from from up at Galax and yeah. around, I was like, oh, oh, there's this is a small social circle, and then it, one one guy, J Joe, the the male singer and instrumentalist playing, and his then partner Sarah, they were, they were playing as Whiskey and Water was the name of the duo. Good name. And uh, <laughs> that was a very very nice nice name for an old time duo. Yeah. And, you know, so he was he was playing fiddle and a lot, and he but he had a banjo and. He played claw hammer banjo, and I just I got to talking to them, and I should have been working really this whole time. So yeah. I got to talking to them, and you know, they were really nice. Really, I sat down next to them on their break, and this would have been probably 2012, sometime around then, 11, 12, some sometime in there, and you know, they they took a break and got to talking with Joe and Sarah, and really nice people. So so I ended up. Joe's parents were out of town, and he was like, "Oh, let's you know, let's let's hang out." And I'm glad you're keen on the music and yeah. interested. And so we hung out. Like he picked me up at my folks' house where I was living at the time in Raleigh, and we drove out to his folks' house. And he had the dogs there, and he let the dogs out. And he 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 had the instruments there, and I was I was kind of like, I wonder if he's gonna play or what's gonna happen. And so he you know he he takes out the fiddle and he he hands me the banjo and he says, "Here." This is how the bum diddy goes on the banjo. And yeah. Just try to do it. Just it's in an open tuning, so you can't really. Don't worry about the left hand. So 
He just gave me the banjo and he, he just showed me the bum did and he just. At this point, had you played any fretted instruments? Nothing, nothing fretted before. Yeah. Not just guitar. just percussion instruments, yeah. piano and drum set. Yeah. That's it. So I just yeah. picked up the banjo and he was like, "Yeah, what, you know, this is the bum diddy pattern. Here it is." And then he just started playing fiddle tunes. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just he was just like, "Yeah, just try to keep up." Just. I'll play them a bit slow and. Were you able to do the basic stroke? Not right away. Yeah. It took, it took, it took some time. So we we did it for we must have been done it for a few hours or something and uh, the dogs are all mellowed out running around and then sleeping and I was like oh, it's getting late so I went home. He's driving me home. He says you know if you want you can borrow this you can borrow the banjo so yeah. he, he lent me the banjo straight he he was a very trusting guy first time we'd hung out he lent me the banjo and then he's just taking all the obstacles just out of yeah just just knocking them over for you yeah yeah <laughs> so he, he that's amazing me, he knocked him over he, he lent me the banjo yeah and and it turned out that I, so the restaurant i was working at it was called mandolin and he lived about a quarter mile down down the road from this restaurant right by harris teeter shopping center and it's cool, like right down the road from the, where I worked, and so it turned out that he lent me the banjo with the hopes that I, would, you know, we would get together and play because yeah. he didn't have many people to play with around Raleigh, so it's a little too flat. Not not enough old time banjo players, more bluegrass, and he, yeah. so he he was keen to get together and play, and so I would just get I would have my shifts, and it would be nine nine o'clock get off in the evening, send him a text. Like, all right, go bum did he? Yeah, go bum. <laughs> so I just go down there. This was a routine for for months, and yeah. just went down there and just kept playing and yeah. getting a little, getting a little bit, but little bit by little bit, kind of figuring out the tunes and yeah. Um, that's so that's kind of, that's kind of the Joe was my my gateway into that's great into old time music. Yeah, I had a similar friend who just sort of sat down with me and like basically taught me for free yeah <laughs> or for, for you know for, just for the companionship yeah so yeah, he, he i think his agenda was that he he wanted to, banjo, to play with. he yeah. wanted he wanted a banjo <laughs> player and you know i fit the, i fit the bill i had you know he yeah. was like a percussionist he's like you're a jazz drummer yeah. you can play climber banjo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's that was that was the the entryway and then yeah we just kept playing and playing and playing all the time and then joe moved down to chatham county 40 minutes out of the city towards Pittsburgh, around Pittsburgh, North Carolina. And then, you know, I, six months, eight months later, I moved out to the same house. Yeah. Your old time buddy. Yeah. Moved away. Yeah. Then, yeah. I moved in there and then another old time friend, Andrew Small moved in. Oh yeah. Perfect. Not, not too long, you know, like six yeah. or eight months after that. And then it, was, it became a little bit of a, an old time I don't want to call it a commune I don't like sounds it. like a commune sounds like a, commune. <laughs> sounds like a, commune. a musical a musical com a musical refuge yeah. from the from the city yeah have jams and all that yeah so that's right that on. was the transition from at the that. when when you first um what was his name again Joe Joe when you first met Joe and you were like working at this restaurant were you did you still have it in your mind like I still plan on being a jazz drummer, 
but like I just don't want to study it? Or were you just like, I don't know where music fits in my life right now? That's like just more, probably more. You're just kind of taking at. a break from like identifying as a musician, or yeah, I think it was it was like that. I was just trying to have a bit of a fresh start, kind of play. Yeah. I was playing a whole lot of music, and then just playing not a whole lot of music, and it just caught me at a time when I was open to the idea of being a social, like having a social kind of musical practice. Yeah, yeah. It seems like I remember in university. Um, I remember feeling like I only have, like I had all this stuff that I was expected to learn. And, um, and I was just actually pretty desperate to do any, anything else. And that's actually when I picked up the banjo too. (laughs) Yes. I could totally relate to that. It's like, there's all this stuff I'm supposed to be learning, but, uh, I would, yeah, I just would rather do anything else. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a safe it's a safe zone from yeah most other things that happen in life yeah so that first tune uh dynio um yeah. where where'd you get that from i got that off of a buddy of mine named shay garrick who yeah he runs a, a shop in pittsburgh actually he was part of that same story of the people that i would meet that would be influential in old-time music he's a great driving old-time fiddle player um, and he plays that one and he was out here in Australia last year doing an old time music school and I forgot to say we're in Australia in, Dor- in Dorga <laughs> yeah. we, are in, we are in Australia right now yeah. and he, he was teaching at the old time music school in Dorga as was I and he was teaching that that one as well as another one yeah. to the to fiddle students and and I I was like man that's that's a great a great tune there that's a a ripper of a G tune. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Sail Away Ladies. Mm-hmm. But it isn't. And I don't really know why it isn't. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's know. It's pretty similar, but it... Yeah, it's yeah. definitely different. It is. It's different. I would play Sail Away Ladies in A, but I know yeah. lots of people play it in G. But it's... Yeah, that's that's one from Shay. And just... I love... I just love the, his, his bow. Like, his bow really... Got me. I first heard him play, and I was like, "That's ex- that's exciting." You know, yeah. that's that right. must be the difference then. That's the notes are similar, but the, feels the, feels different. Yeah. Hmm. Um, should we um, should we play this "Lady of the Lake"? Yeah. yeah let's do that. So you have a very particular version of this uh, that I've never heard before. When you played it, I was assuming that it was in A. You're like. It's actually in D, and then you play it, and then you sang it while while playing guitar, and I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> it's totally different." Because don't most people play this tune in A, Lady of the Lake? I'm I not, feel I'm like not I sh- I'm not sure. I just this is really probably the only version. Uh, right. I mean, I might have heard a few other versions from maybe from Richard Bowman or something. I don't know if I've heard it. I think I've heard it in D before. Well, it's very new to me. Yeah, ready when you are.
a spooky tune. Mm. What are you supposed that's supposed to mean, Lady of the Lake? Is that like the I don't, King Arthur? I don't know. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> or some other mythical. Yeah, sounds very mythical. It's got that mythical kind of sound. So when when did you pick up the fiddle? Oh man, maybe about five, four, four years ago, five years ago. How soon? How long had you been playing the banjo at that point? Probably about a year, a year and a bit. Why? Um, why did you decide to also learn how to play the fiddle? I was just a, I was around it a lot, like around a lot of fiddle players, around around a lot of fiddles. Really, I think it was just being around fiddles. I was, yeah. I couldn't help but look at it and be curious, yeah. really curious about what it was all about. <laughs> so you know, I would just pick them up, and Joe had a few, and so so we, I would just pick it up and. He would just show me like this is how you, how you kind of hold your fingers. He played in cross A for the we only I think we only played in A for the first year and a bit that we played together, and then we learned how to play in D, which was uh-huh. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a cross A fiddler, so he just he would just show me the give me the fiddle in cross A and like just play in between the strings. Yeah. It's like all right, and here's a little bit of a shuffle and a. So he just showed me a little bit, and what do you mean in between the strings? So, pl- like to play the double stops. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, just <laughs> aim between the strings. Yeah. For the non-fiddlers who are listening, like who maybe don't necessarily know how it works, I was imagining them thinking like between the between strings. the strings. How? <laughs> but how do you play the strings if you're playing between? See, that's yeah, it's tricky. Just Joe, getting both. He, yeah. he managed to. He mastered playing between the strings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he he was like just play just play between this yeah. aim kind of between the strings when you're mm. when you're looking at the at the fiddle with the with the bow like so it was all a, a visual kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so been at, been at it maybe five years now. Yeah, are there any fiddlers whose styles you've like tried to emulate in particular? Oh, man, I love a lot of a lot of fiddle music. I I, I think like Fred Cockrum from. The Camp Creek Boys, a lot of that stuff, I've tried to learn some of those tunes in that style, and Kyle Creed's fiddle playing, and um, I guess now, a sh- oh, Shade Garrick, yeah. hugely. I'm always really impre- like impressed by, when I've tried to play fiddle um, loudly, it, it always seems like it tops out. And I, it can only push so hard or else it'll start to sort of scratch. But whenever I play with like a North Carolina fiddler, they seem to be able to play extremely... It sounds to me like they're pushing really hard, but it doesn't sound like it's being... Um, like like they're pushing too hard for the fiddle. Like, is that the way that they set up their fiddles or is it something in the stroke that allows them... Because it does sound pushed like it sounds like almost distorted like yeah. when like when they play like it's like how could a fiddle possibly be playing this loud it's not through a, a fender tube amp no <laughs> it's just this sort of natural but it but it never sounds like it's like you know if i try to push too hard it just the sound stops and it goes <laughs> what is that you know i have no i have no idea just a 
I always try always try to think about the downstroke being forceful yeah. and kind of a lot of pull on it and then do some other circle up circles and down circles and stuff that's not as not as forceful but having the forceful stroke you can kind of fill in yeah the rest of the notes I, yeah, I haven't thought about that, that it seems sound. like it, it has maybe it has something to do with the speed or some or like this not the speed of the tempo of the music but the speed of the because uh, you you can't you can only go um, against the strings so hard before I don't know it's all very mysterious to me because when I hear you play and when I hear um, yeah other other North Carolina fiddlers play I'm just always just like how the hell are you playing like this? <laughs> like, how are you like uh, doing that? Um, it sounds so um, arresting. It's the best wow. word I can think to. Yeah, sounds great, man. Oh, <laughs> like, thank it's you. awesome. It's very inspiring. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't thought about. It. I haven't, you know, I think I like the fiddle more than other instruments because it's so portable and yeah. Everywhere I go, I usually have a fiddle, yeah. if not a banjo as a well. Banjo yeah. as well. Uh, speaking of that, should we get get out? Get Can out we get out the, the banjo? Do some double banjo. Do, do some, do some double banjo. About that time. Yeah. So I've never actually heard this. I thought you were just being cute when you said "step back, Cindy," no. as in back step, Cindy. It's, but it's, it's different. Well, it's, yeah, it it's sounds not, related. It's, yeah, it, it is related. It's yeah. Just a, a banjo player from North Carolina named Dick Freeman. He called it "step back, Cindy." All right. And I don't, I don't know why that is, but there's a great recording of him on the Tono Gap String Band with Chester McMillan on guitar and Kurt Sutfin and Richard Hart is on fiddle, and it's Step Back Cindy. Yeah, it sounds like a, an, like an imperative, like Step, step back, back, Step Back <laughs> Cindy. I'm warning you. Yeah, maybe Cindy could have been a dog. All right, Step Back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's give it a go. Sounded good, man. <laughs>
Very nice. Yeah. So I think you you might be the first person on the show to play a, a banjo with um, the setup on it. Um, you have what what is this metal on the uh, it's nickel silver? It's nickel silver. Yeah. Yeah. D- describe to our listeners what they're hearing. It's a a banjo with metal on it. It's a nickel silver plate on the first five frets. Yeah. And it was originally a fretted banjo that has been modified to have five frets fretless. That's a that's a yeah that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the the metal is basically flush with the height of the frets. Exactly. Yeah. So that you yeah. can for those first five frets, you can just play all fretless. But then mm-hmm. if you want to go higher, then you can be accurate and have yeah, yeah and have the frets up there. Mm. Is that a pretty typical uh, banjo setup for round peak or like you do know, other people do that or I've seen it a fair amount. Yeah, other other people would do it. Yeah. With brass, other uh, other metals like brass and copper potentially um but yeah, I haven't seen it with this nickel silver before. I'm sure there's plenty of banjos with it. I actually made a banjo that has a Formica fingerboard. Which a is, Formica? Interesting. Yeah. How does it sound? Oh, really, really good. Really Formica, interesting. Um, s- slippery and, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> I can imagine. And yeah. bright. Yeah, cool. Um, is it just the first five frets as it's well? The whole, that's the whole fretless. But this, yeah, this is a... An interesting sound. I, I think it's got uh, it's nice, warm, but also bright and yeah. and loud. Like it's a pretty loud and you, banjo for a fretless. And uh, I guess it's typical on. Is it just this kind of fretless with the metal on it, or is it any kind of fretless to grow out your left hand fingernails? I always play with the fingernails on a fretless banjo. Yeah. So like. When I when I look at you uh, at your fingers, your left hand fingers, you're sort of um, they're curled kind of at. So typically, when when one frets a fretted instrument, you make sort of right angles with the. Uh, with, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but you are making sort of a more than a ninety or a lower than ninety degree angle. It, you're you're curving over the top so mm-hmm. that you can get. <laughs> Just the nail on there. It's yeah. If you look at the nails, they oh, you just after a long session, they're sort of, of playing worn though. They in get a little bit. Yeah, they yeah. get worn in and yeah, um, <laughs> and a bit metal like yeah, that's a lot on them. Me, like <laughs> the metal rubs off on them, the strings. Yeah, it's very nice. So um, why are we why are we in Australia right now? Ah, oh, oh. tell me the Australia story. Well, I, I came to Australia to play music and tour with a group called the Haywood Billy Goats, which was originally a group that Joe and I had yeah. in Ch- based in Chatham County in Haywood, North Carolina, and then Andrew Small joined, and so we and and we had a bass player John Gaster, so that we were kind of a four-piece band that would go around and play at fiddlers' conventions and yeah. playing contests and play around Chatham <laughs> County at farmers markets and yeah. whatever events we could get our hands on. And uh, we, so we, we came over and so Andrew and I came over as the Hayward Billy Goats with Ash, his partner on guitar. And so at that time he already 
knew an Australian. He had an Australian connection. Yeah, so Andrew yeah. had been over here and played before, and he, yeah. he, he booked a tour for Ash, he and I to play, and we invited our friend Bob Herring to play with us out yeah. here. So we had a four-piece band playing here at festivals and pub gigs and country towns and cities. Yeah. Bowling clubs. Yeah, bowlers. And, and <laughs> so, I, you know, we, we played a festival that's actually this coming weekend. So, to, to clarify, a bowling club here is it's not 10 pins. No, it's, it's lawn, lawn bowling. bowling. Yeah. Like, it's like kind of like bocce ball. Kind I think of, so. But, I've never done it. They're like weird balls. Like, they're oblong. Are they? Or, they, or like, I think they're different on one end so that they kind of curve. You, you you already know more more <laughs> that's about that's what I've been told I, so far. Yeah, so that's a bowling club. Yeah. yeah, and it's sort of like a, it has sort of like a golfy vibe, right? Kind of. I think so. Yeah. It's, but uh, but people play music. Yeah, people yeah. play yeah. music at bowling clubs, and you, yeah. they serve food and yeah. drinks, and from the ones I've been to. Sorry to derail. I just wanted to... That's the thing I just learned, and I was excited to talk about bowling clubs. That's great. I'm, actually, I've learned something about this. All the sports are different here. <laughs> yeah, bowls clubs. Yeah. So, you know, so we, we're on a tour of regional regional Australian cities, and fe- mainly folk and bluegrass-type yeah. festivals. And so, we yeah, we were on our run, and we were playing a gig in... King Lake, Victoria, at Foggy Mountain Bluegrass Festival, yeah. which is this coming weekend, actually. Yeah. So we, we were playing this festival, and we were on stage playing a set, and it was kind of a windy day, and I looked into the audience, and and a, a nice-looking young woman caught my eyes in the audience, and yeah. we kept... Um, it, it was an ongoing... It was We were played a whole set, yeah. and that was the first of many shared glances. You guys like while you're playing. <laughs> yeah, while, while we were while we were playing, it yeah. just kept kept happening. Yeah. While we even when we weren't playing, that was the probably where more, most of the, it was in the downtime that I really maximized the the, the, the unfocused time to yeah. to get distracted and yeah. You know, then then you know we finished our set and I we went back to the hotel. Right across the street with everyone, I was like, "Dude, that was nice, man. You know, that was really nice to share eyes and make a good connection like that with someone. How cool, you know? How yeah. cool!" And then I was like, "You know what? I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow this up and yeah. go back across. You know, get back across the street and find her. Yeah. To, to you know." have a conversation i'm here for a while like i'll be, yeah, I'll be yeah. around yeah. this area it's, it's like this is great and yes yeah, so i went back across the street and and she i didn't mention she was sitting next to an older man wearing a beautiful like gray and black reindeer looking sweater the nice silver fox with the, the, the beard and it's a very very distinctive looking guy yeah so so i you know i went back across the street and immediately it's like there he is so I went. I went over. I went over to him. I think I, I see where this is going. Yeah, so we, we struck up a conversation any, anyway, and yeah. he, it's like you know, I, I'm out here, and it's like, oh, this guy's American. This is this is even weirder. Yeah, he's, he's American. He came to Australia when he was younger, and he's like, you know, like, so I'm, I'm out here, and I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, what what brings you out here today? 
to the festival. He's like, well, you know, my daughter lives in yeah, in Melbourne, and she found this festival online, and yeah, here we are. And she's just gone away to offer someone a lift back to town. And then she comes back over, and we exchange numbers and chat, and then two years passes. Yeah. <laughs> And and I'm and we're still in Australia, and and you're in Australia, yeah. Too. <laughs> Perfect. And so wait wait wait, did you go back home and then, like, did you guys start your romance like right? Yeah, then? We, we did. And then just we, ever we since, yeah, that's, yeah. That's so you just. I've been. We've been home a few times since, but yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. We yeah. Just, not just then. I we there there was a. There was a, a period of ten days yeah. where I didn't message her, which we'll, we'll get in. We can get into that <laughs> later. <laughs> off mic. And we went up and played Dorgo and came back down. Yeah. And then getting back, you know, we were we were busy. We were playing every night. Yeah. We got back to to town and sent a message, and then we met up. Yeah. And yeah. and we we were spending like the band when we were on tour we were spending a lot of time in the Macedon Ranges, which where one of our bandmates' mothers lives, and we got to stay with her. And that's Ash, right? Ash, yeah. yeah. So Ash's mom lives out that way, and there's a train that goes into the city, so it's just perfect. We would have like five days, and yeah, I'd spend two or three of them in the city, and yeah, then they'd call up and be like, "Hey, do you want to play with us?" Yeah, <laughs> and I'd, I'd come back. Yeah. And we go play a few gigs. That sounds That's, like a good trip. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good trip. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple tunes left. You want to play this uh, Fire on the Mountain? Yeah, let's do that one. Thank you. 
We got one tune left before that. Uh, you have a band, Tom and Jerry, duo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you are the Jerry. I'm the Jerry, and yeah. and there is a Tom yeah. as well. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. You know, we do two part harmonies, singing and old time and bluegrass country kind of duet. Perfect. Yeah. So where do people find Tom and Jerry? You can go on Facebook and find Tom and Jerry at Tom and Jerry Music. Very good. Yeah. Tom and Jerry Music. Somehow you got that. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then uh, you also teach lessons? Yep, teach. I teach. We're in the Melbourne area. In the Melbourne area. Yeah, so um, banjo and. Banjo, fiddle. Fiddle, piano. Piano, yeah. That's your main thing that you teach, actually. Yes, right? lots yeah, of yeah. piano kids. Yeah, very good. Cool. Well, thanks for so much for being on the show and letting me crash here <laughs> for a couple Absolutely, nights. Absolutely, yeah. Cameron. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Look forward to more hangs off mic. Yes. What are we going to play for this last team? Let's play a little bit of Grey Eagle. How much of it? <laughs> maybe a whole thing. Maybe a lot of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right.
You should follow Jeremy's duo, Tom and Jerry, on Facebook. It's a bit hard to search for, for obvious reasons, but you can follow the link in the show notes on your device or the show's Facebook post for this episode. Or just search Tom and Jerry Music 1 on Facebook. Not Tom and Jerry Music, unless you want to follow the Turkish DJ duo of the same name. Maybe you do. Also, if you're in the Melbourne area, Jeremy is a fantastic music teacher, and you should hit him up for some banjo, fiddle, and piano lessons. I imagine you could just use the contact link on the Tom and Jerry Facebook page. Get Up in the Cool is funded primarily by you, the listeners. If you haven't signed up to support the show, visit getupinthecool.com and click the button that says Patreon. Then choose a support level that works for you and get its corresponding reward. Throw in a little, and I'll give you an on-air shout-out. Throw in a little more, and you could get access to the bonus track blog, where I post the extra tune that my guests and I play for each episode, including this one. At higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop or download the whole Get Up In The Cool Tune archive, featuring every tune and song ever played on the show, including the bonus tracks, tagged and separated from the dialogue for your listening convenience. I also offer the show's exclusive bonus content in bulk at a discount. Just go to getupinthecool.com and click the link that says store, then choose a support level that works for you. Speaking of on-air shoutouts, Brooks Mastin, thanks for signing up to support the show on Patreon. I really appreciate it. Uh, And I'm all settled in Portland now, so let's hang out and play some tunes. To those of you who are unable to support Get Up In The Cool financially, please spread the show around to people who might. Just follow my personal account on Instagram and like and follow Get Up In The Cool's Facebook page and Twitter and share those videos and links. Another great way to support the show is to purchase a telegram if you'd like me to read a message on air for another listener of the show, or choose the promotional option and I'll read ad copy for your business, festival, or crowdfunding campaign. Speaking of which, thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Elderly Instruments. You can visit their online store at elderly.com. You can contact me at getupinthecool at gmail.com or just click the contact button at getupinthecool.com. Drop a line, ask a question, or, you know, hire me to come play your festival or teach at your trad music camp. Also, at getupinthecool.com are links to my albums, including Get Up In The Cool Volumes 1 and 2, the best of 2016 and 2017 compilation albums. I have another podcast called Think Outside The Box Set. It's an irreverent weekly music review show, and it's available wherever you like to get podcasts. If you're having trouble finding or remembering anything I mentioned in this outro, it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up In The Cool Facebook page and group. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up In The Cool.